Chapter 13 of The Assault on Mount Everest, 1922. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Betty B. The Assault on Mount Everest, 1922, by various authors. Color in Tibet by T. Howard Somerville. In order to bring before the reader a vivid picture of Tibet, and especially of the region around Mount Everest, a comparison between Tibet and other better-known countries is almost inevitable. The expedition of 1922 took with them no official artist, or no doubt he would have been deputed to write this section of the book. There were, however, two people who tried to paint pictures of the country, Major Norton and myself and though I realize how inadequate our efforts were, perhaps those of an official artist might have been almost as bad. However, as one who looks on the world with an eye for its beauty, although lacking the ability to transfer that beauty to canvas, one may perhaps be pardoned for endeavoring to describe certain general impressions of the scenery encountered by the expedition. In the course of our journey, we passed through a great variety of landscape, in Sikkim, for instance, we found a land of steep slopes and dense forests, while Tibet is almost a desert country. We experienced the clear air of the winter and the mists and storm clouds of the monsoon. While we were on the rolling plains of the Tibetan plateau, only a few miles away were the snow-covered summits of the highest mountains in the world. Sikkim is in a country of deep valleys and of luxurious vegetation. The air is generally damp and the skies cloudy, and there is often a beautiful blue haze that gives atmosphere to the distance. Sukhame is not unlike the Italian side of the Alps in many ways. True, its scale is larger, and it possesses some of the most beautiful and impressive peaks in the world, for no alpine peak can vie with Siniolchum or Pandim for sheer beauty of form and surface. But on the whole, the scenery of Sukhame is of the same general build as the valleys and peaks of northern Italy. In this sense, Sikkim did not offer to the newcomer anything entirely different from what he had seen before. But Tibet and Everest certainly did, and the difference between Sikkim and Tibet is twofold. First, Tibet is almost uniformly over 13,000 feet above sea level, and therefore bears no trees at all. Second, Tibet is almost free from rainfall and is, in consequence, a desert country. One's eye traveled for mile after mile over red-brown sand and red-brown limestone hills, finally to rest on the blue and white of the distant snows. The air, before the monsoon commences, is almost always clear, clear to an extent unimagined by a European, clearer even than the air of an alpine winter. So peaks and ridges 30 or 40 miles away are often almost in the same visual plane as the foreground of the landscape. In some extensive views, such as we had from the hills above Tinkidzong, one came to look upon hills 30 miles away as the middle distance of one's picture, while the background was formed of mountains a 100 miles from the point of view. It is this lack of atmosphere which makes pictorial representation of these Tibetan scenes so very difficult. The pictures I made on the course of the expedition have all had one criticism from many different people. There is no atmosphere. Many, as are the
the demerits of these pictures this is the one merit they have and if they had an atmosphere they would cease to be truthful in the alps one has often seen mountains with extreme clearness at a great distance but i never remember having viewed an alpine landscape in which there was practically no effect of distance and practicably no blueness of the more distant shadows yet that is precisely what obtains in tibet before the month of june and then with startling suddenness comes the monsoon with its damp air for some months the landscape is entirely altered and also much beautified the blue haze of the monsoon converts the distant shadows from their crude purple-brown to the most magnificent and sometimes brilliant blue once or twice one looked in vain on one's palette for a blue of sufficient brilliance and intensity to reproduce the color of the shadows twenty or thirty miles away then the monsoon brings clouds and rainstorms all of which tend to give variety to the scene and to endue the distant peaks with that effect of mystery which renders them so alluring and so beautiful as far as the scenery among the higher mountains is concerned the comparison of photographs of the everest group of peaks with those of the alps will give one more idea of the difference between the two districts than can a mere verbal description save in the matter of scale and color in color the alps are more varied and the rock is as a rule a darker brown the snow shadows are more blue and the outlines less clear while alpine foregrounds so often contain trees which are totally absent from the foregrounds of tibet there both rocks and stones scree and valley bed are of a light reddish brown almost uniform in tone from near foreground to extreme distance makalu for example is a colossal rock pyramid of quite a light ochre color the rocks of everest are of a light amber brown relieved in the neighborhood of twenty seven thousand feet by a lighter yellowish band of quartzite the snow of the range on its northern side resembles that of alpine peaks but on the southern face the festoons and grooves of ice so well known to many from photographs of himalayan mountains decorate the much steeper and more uncompromising slopes most of the higher peaks are swept by continual gusts of wind which whirl clouds of snow from the topmost ridges into the sky End of chapter 13